Guys, welcome to another episode of the Born This Way podcast, where we used to be the podcast all about the deep things of relationships, but have since changed to the podcast where we face the conversations the world chooses to ignore, whether it be money, drugs, sex, depression, or suicide. This is your go-to listen on overcoming it all and becoming the most advanced version of yourself yet. I'm your host, Jackson Bourne. Let's waste no time and get into it. On today's episode, guys, we have Matt Large. Maddie and I, we don't, we, we haven't known each other for that long. Um, it's been a relationship that started on social media through me reaching out to ask a few crypto questions. And one thing led to another when two people, you know, get in the same, I was going to say room, but it was actually a Zoom. Uh, when two people get on the same Zoom and just conversate, and you're so driven, you're so aligned. It just builds this friendship so much faster than the materialistic ones you live, you know, in the real world. So Maddie's 29. Lee well, dropped out of school uh, in uh, grade 10. Uh, he's 24. Nope, I stuffed that up. He's married at 24. Gosh almighty, can I blame the stroke for this or what? Married at 24, divorced at 25, drug abuse from 25 to 27. In 2020, he uh, opened his first business, six figures within the first nine months, pushed through adversity, COVID, everything like that that was tough for all small business owners. 2021, invested in property, built his own supplement label, and he's an investment consultant. So you're going to hear through Maddie's story everything about you know the abuse of drugs, a poor influence, a poor network, and how you can face all of that when the world's really crowning down on you and turn that into some sort of mindset that allows you to succeed and build this wall. The one thing I know about Maddie, he's got this wall around him. Obviously, it's this invisible you know wall that no negativity, no poor influence is going to break through that wall and affect him. So guys, I'll waste no further time talking about this. Let's get into the listen. All right, guys, I am very excited for this conversation uh, to bring you guys today. As promised, it's going to be very real. It's going to be very raw. We're going to hold nothing back. But at the end of the day, the main purpose of all of this is just service, right? It's to help you guys understand that whatever you're going through, you're not solo. And uh, whatever demons you're facing, there are always uh, exits and ways to get out of that. So, guys, I'm bringing uh, Matty Large, someone I've only known for about a year and a half, but uh, I guess in the world of uh, development and human beings. You know, when you meet someone you're just on sync with, it doesn't really matter where you live or how long you sort of see each other in person for. Communication is always key to a good relationship. So welcome, mate. How you going, bro? Good, man. Good. I'm excited for this topic because I know a lot of people who speak to me, um, you know, privately have questions of concerns of things that I can't necessarily relate to. You know, I can relate to a lot of struggle and a lot of stress, but the topics that these guys have brought to me, I've never faced personally. I know that you have, yeah. so I know we're going to have a lot of yeah, uh, yeah powerful questions today but uh to waste no time mate, i'd love to know just a quick five minute intro just on who you are from sort of the end of school to where you are now yeah right so i'm um i'm i'm 29 bro um so i graduated school in 2010 from st dom's which is an all-boys school uh down in penrith um if i could give you a background on that man i was a bit of a straighty 180 at school man never underage drunk never did drugs nothing like that um I went into uh, uni, actually, and studied teaching. Um, and I was only there for about six months. I got pretty pretty overweight, to say the least, bro. I got up to like 118 kilos, like overweight. Never lifted a weight in my life. Um, just gained, ate shit. <laughs> and then, um, then, yeah, I sort of got into the gym from there. Uh, lost a fair bit of weight. So I was the first person in my family to go to uni. And the first person to drop out. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, left there to do my, my PT course, bro. Um, and then, yeah, fell in, fell in love with the gym, fell in love with the whole gym world, got into supplements and was working sort of between um, managing a supplement store and being a PT manager out of an Anytime Fitness as well. So that was, that was uh, pretty cool, pretty fun. Always changing up the environment. I massively sort of connected with customers and clients, bro. Never felt like work. Um, absolutely loved what I did. And then sort of by the time I hit 20, so I was married by the time I was 24 as well. Um, and that only lasted about a year and a bit, man. And um, in that sort of time, I'd left, left the whole gym space, uh, actually, and worked for my uncle back into working at Heights. So for those people that don't know that, like uh, doing like abseiling and working on roofs and stuff like that. And I, uh, I had a pretty bad accident. I had a fall and a piece of metal went through my leg, like at my ankle. 
and it cut three tendons, three nerves, and cut my artery. So I actually nearly lost my foot that day, and they were pretty surprised that I didn't lose my foot, and I was pretty surprised that I didn't uh, bleed out either. So they said they put that down to me being uh, somewhat fit at the time. Um, and then sort of from there, bro, my my life just went on a whole whole another whole another track, man. That was sort of the, the turning point in my life. Um, so that that sort of opened up. Uh, you have to think, bro. I was I was competing at that time too in bodybuilding. So I was I was training twice a day at least, getting up at you know three fifteen, doing my first session, going to work eight nine ten hours, and then you know doing doing another lot of cardio. Uh, for another 45 minutes to an hour every single day and then I went from that to sort of an emergency surgery um, sort of waking up the next day and they said to me that oh, I'll never walk properly again and that sort of smacked me I, I, I just remember just breaking down bro like I was sort of like so can I compete in seven weeks <laughs> like it was real surreal um, so from there bro I was I was in a I was in a moon boot for 18 weeks <laughs> so time. I had to learn, yeah man I had to sort of learn to walk again and whatnot but in that time um I went from being so active to you know having shit sleeps obviously because it's so uncomfortable and, and getting up in the morning to get on crutches to go to the lounge to lay down on the lounge all day to get up and you know hop back to bed and I, that was my first time I sort of suffered a bit of depression as well as obviously, you know, they gave me fucking trimadols and end bones and all that, and it fucked with my head, man, something something fierce. And I had a particular mate at the time that sort of snapped me out of it a bit. I said, come on, I'll take you to the gym. Help me get back into the gym while I was on crutches and stuff. And um, there was a bit of, you know, financial pressure applied as well. So although like, I started getting back into the gym while I was on crutches and a moon boot um, and feeling good, there was a bit of uh, internal pressure there from the relationship that I was in um yeah with, with money and and that i was just concerned whether i was going to be able to walk properly again and not have a drop foot and all these you know particulars and then you get you get like your insurance company so like gio work covers like slamming you down like why can't you go back to work and i'm just like fuck like, i just want to i just want to take this seriously and make sure i'm okay and you know you've got your other sort of person in your life that's questioning about money so that's sort of when i uh I turned into down a path of uh, dealing drugs um, to make some money. So I ended up dabbling in that for quite a while, so a couple of years there. Um, but I reckon I, I, I sold I sold a fair bit of drugs like for a while before I actually tried it, and um, that was probably the dumbest fucking thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> massive, massive regret there, but. You know, I wouldn't be the person I am today, so take all responsibility there. But yeah, man, so that went from sort of like a casual, casual sort of use uh, and mainly selling to uh, me getting into a really toxic relationship with a person and, and a toxic relationship with, with drugs and, you know, abusing cocaine pretty heavily. Um, and it was just, you're just not yourself, man. Like, I understand this now that I'm, a little bit more educated, more mature, and obviously out of that, that the, the chemical um, effect it has on our brains and the imbalance of hormones it can create. Because it was, bro, you just live in a whole other world when you're, you're in it, man. Like you're just fucking on another planet, to say the least. And um, in that time, I had gotten this girl pregnant. Um, and originally, I didn't, I didn't want a bar. I didn't want a bar of it, man. I was not in a good space. Um, and that is probably the first first sort of real real time I um I didn't want to be here. I uh I remember getting on it pretty hard one night and I, I didn't want to be a dad. I had a WRX at the time and I remember driving up the mountains. I got up to like two sixty, two eighty, bro, and I reckon I was about three seconds away from fucking putting it into a wall because I was like I, I can't do this and I don't want to be here my life's fucked this is not me and um, yeah I really wanted to fucking end my life um, and I ended up fucking breaking down to my, 
my dad said that I wanted to kill myself and didn't want to be here. And, you know, it was a bit of a battle, um, you know, there, but my family was really supportive, man. Um, you know, and a massive testimony to my family and my friends of support around, you know, I definitely wasn't myself, a massive flop, fucking just, it's just, you know, just a massive form of escapism, bro, of just, you know, not living in the present and facing reality, never taking responsibility for anything that I did. And it was always other people's fault, and, you know, and then, you know, you, you want to take that way out of, well, I don't want to take responsibility, everything's too hard, so fuck, I just want to, you know, end it. Um, and yeah, my, my fucking old boy ended up giving me some responsibilities and gave me a job. And um, obviously the girl at the time said she was going to uh, keep, who is now our, well, my son. Um, and from that point, bro, I was like, that's it. Um, my dad gave me a job. I had to get up at quarter past three in the morning, pick the bread up for him, <laughs> make coffee in the morning. And I... Um, from that point, bro, I never, never went back, never touched a drug again, never sold the drug again, nothing, man. And that's sort of where everything started getting like harder, I would say. You know, you, it's anyone that sort of is in this sort of space now would understand what I mean in terms of when you're, when you're doing shit things and stuff goes shit, it's expected. So, it's not really a, a a shock. It's just like you're doing shit things, right? But what's fucking hard is when you're consciously making the decision to do good things and be on a good path and then shit things fucking happen to you. You know, you get tempted by the devil to fucking go down. And just It'd be so easy, bro. It'd be so easy to just like, fuck this or just go snort some wines or fuck this or, you know, get on the drink or, like, you know, whatever people's forms of escapism might be. And it's just, you know, I ended up, I ended up landing a, like a really good job uh, in the tunnels and it paid really well. Um, obviously, as you know, like massive hours and stuff, but mm. I, I knew it was short term and I knew it was for a purpose. And I wasn't sure what the purpose was, but ever since I was young, I always wanted to do my own thing. You know, I always had like an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial mind of, you know, you, you fucking, you give me a banana, I'll turn it into a shake and sell. <laughs> like, yeah. always just had, always just had that mindset, bro. And, it was, and it's, and it's totally okay to be in a job that you know is short term, but you don't know what the next thing is. It's totally okay. As long as you're looking for it, you know what I mean? As long as you, you, you don't have your blinkers on and you're open and you're like, there is something there, there is something there. And, and you can always pounce on that opportunity if you're looking. If you're if you're just got your blinkers on and you're you know stuck in a rut, you're not going to see these opportunities. There's opportunities every day, bro. Whether you take them, whether they're great opportunities or not, it doesn't matter. There's just there's so many around us. And um, so I, I took that job in the tunnels, and what ended up happening was uh, there was still some issues with with my son's mum with uh, drugs. And when he was seven months old, I ended up uh, taking him full time. Um, which obviously caused me to have to, to step back from the tunnels because you know what it's like 14, 14 hour days plus, plus travel. So where I live in Penrith to where the tunnels were, it was about an hour's trip each way. So some of those days were, you know, 16, 17 hours. Um, so as as a family, we sort of spoke and said, like, if we do this, then I'm going to need to obviously step back. I'm going to need the family support around me. So, you know, my mum, massive help there. Um, and my parents have their own business, so they were pretty flexible. They hired someone else so they could help out. And, um, that's obviously where you've met Steve, my mate. Yeah. You've met Steve. So um, I've known Steve since we were like 19, bro, way back in the supplement days and gym days. And he obviously had his own um, supplement store. And I remember this particular day. Um, so it was, it was like November. And uh of 2019 november 2019 and the company that i was working for in the tunnels just had their christmas party and i i chose not to go because the, all they were talking about was obviously getting on it and doing drugs over the weekend which they openly spoke about and uh like they had teed up a drug test on monday and so i was i was just driving in it was like 4 15 4 20 in the morning i was driving in and i got a phone call on the monday from my one of my supervisors saying, oh, like we're not coming in because they're, they're doing a drug test and we're all on it on the weekend. And I was like, well, that's no fucking good to me. Like I'm rocking up. 
I was the only fucking person that rocked up that day out of out of our our crew. And I was pretty annoyed. So I ended up going home and I invoiced them for the day. I was like, fuck this, this is not fair. Cause like they, they knew why I went to like at that time I was going through court too, because I, I took my my little one. And then the next day, bro, because no one turned up, the drug testers turned up again. And I was driving in and the same fucking thing happened, bro. Like everyone bailed and I was like, fuck this, man. So I ended up turning around, I called them, I quit. And I ended up driving to Steve's and I fucking put my hand on the desk and I was like, all right, we're opening a store. And that was fucking, that was it, bro. Rest, rest is history, man. Went and looked at the spot. Put, I put in a um, an offer the next day. The next day they got back to me with a like a sort of counter offer. Went back and forth for maybe three or four days, and then I got the store in St Mary's. Then, so that was that was how I ended up in the supplement back in the supplement industry. You were right, and I guess I'm a firm believer in, and I know you are too, and everything happens for a reason. And so hmm. I want to break things down because I know people who listen to this will be going through you know a combination of all of that fights with partners, you know, custody, you know, issues, drug issues, money yep. issues, all yep. this sort of stuff. So. Each 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 thing that happened obviously was meant to happen because if it didn't, yeah. it doesn't you know it doesn't move us to where we are now. But what were, what were the key lessons if you had to, if you had to break down say you know one major lesson from from each experience in a sense of when you had that realization of like I'm abusing drugs and this is going to go real bad real soon. Yeah. If I so don't, you, what was the what yeah. was the definitive so you, conversation? You sort of, when you when you're in there, right? Because it's totally against my personality and the person I am. Like you've met me, right? And it's, you feel like you're an imposter in your own body. That's probably the best way to put it. You know, you do things that are against yourself and against your own alignments and, and, and core beliefs and stuff like that. And it's just a constant battle inside yourself for the things that you do. And that always plays on your mind. But um, I, I would say that you have to, like obviously there was friends and family that wanted to get help for me and stuff like that. And it's, it's never gonna, it's never gonna happen, bro. Unless you unless they unless you want it. So anyone out there that's listening, like you're gonna have to want to do it yourself. That's that's the biggest thing that I can push across. But if you can if you can sit back and you can and you know that you're doing the wrong thing, and it's against you, that's 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 the first step and that's the first realization of like, all right. Now where do I go? And it doesn't it doesn't matter if the first step's not 100 right. It it doesn't matter. You you can take you know 10 steps as long as you're heading in a better direction. You can be along this path that's better and be like, oh okay, now I need to readjust. As long as you keep going along that, you know what I mean. And you can always improve yourself. That's that's what it's about. It's not about going from zero to 100 in a day and be like, oh fuck, like I'm better off. It's, it's it's just about those small incremental steps every day so that you are no longer the person you are a month ago, two months ago, three months ago, you know, a year. It's rewiring the addiction too, because most people who tell me, you know, I'm, I'm a drug addict, you know, like you're not a drug addict. You're an addict to the feeling the drug gives you. And so, right, you have to replace the feeling of. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's what I was going to say. So whether it's a form of addiction or escapism or whether they fall under one of, of the same thing, it's you have to, bro. I will, I will never, like, hand on my heart, I will never do another drug in my life because, as as high as you can get, and as, as high as you think you feel, once you replace that with something that has more meaning and more responsibility and it feels better, you have no want for it. Like, being a full time dad and having my businesses and all those things, bro, that those wins that I get every single day is so much better than than anything synthetic could ever give me and that's that's what it is because you, you have a look right if I, i've known people that you know have reached out to me that have suffered suffered from uh like drug addiction and, and those things and wanted to chat to me and the thing is it's it's hard when you see people that they're in the they're on the back foot already because you've got a chemical imbalance going on by taking drugs second of all they're normally in a shit fucking relationship. So they've got that as well. And then they're normally in a job that they don't fucking like. So all it is is those compounding things. So it's just like, okay, well, the first step is to eliminate those fucking things. And that's that's all you have to do, right? 
you want to take you want to take out those those variables, right? So it's just like, all right, Jackson, uh, you're going to do dry July. So all those weekends in July, you're not going to go out when everyone's fucking drinking because you're not going to put yourself in that situation that's going to tempt you. So it's the same thing. If anyone's doing drugs or drinking, it's just like, first of all, you tell your friends because those friends that are against it, well, then straight away, they're not your fucking friends, right? The ones that are going to support you, they're, they're not going to, they, they, they will support you and they're not going to put you in a situation or invite you in a situation that's going to be tempting to go against what you want to do. You know what I mean? And then it's just like, all right, well, if you can attack it from there first and then you talk about the job thing, it's just like my, my view, bro, on, on jobs and, and work is, bro, you're, not, you're, not, you're never bound to your job, ever, like at all. And your job doesn't define you. And no one's, like people that, I'm very harsh and very blunt with people that come to me and say, oh, I don't like my job and I'm stuck in it. You're not fucking stuck. You're not, right? There's like fucking go on a seat there's like a million jobs a day, right? And it's just like, it's not that fucking hard. It's, it's really not. Like if you have to do something in the interim for, for, to meet some end meet or, or double up on jobs, or what, that, you have to sometimes. But you, you can't, like you see those people, like when I'm saying double up on jobs and like I, I, did, I did this when I opened the store, bro. You fucking work like 10 hours a day. You do your little side hustles. You do your diets. You do your fucking, you train people outside, cash on hand. And you, you do it and you work six, seven fucking days a week and you're texting people after hours to try and fucking, you know, get your hustle on. But what I'm saying is people say that, that like, oh, I'm stuck in my job and it's, they've been in their job for 10 fucking years. And it's just like, what, you, what, like, what have you been doing? Sitting on your hands for nine of them. Like, if you haven't liked it, like, fucking stand up. Like, for me, like, people, are so, people are so comfortable with a payslip. And, and that's the biggest thing that, that's like the enemy of, of people is the fact that they've got that comfortable payslip and, and the risk of taking something on that they're passionate about for a lot of people is too scary to take on because well, obviously for, that paycheck is you know for, security. For, for sure. But in saying that, you've got to look at that as two different things. So you, you can still do something that you, say you're forklift driving, you don't like forklift driving, you can still go get a job and be an employee and get a payslip just not doing forklift driving. Mm. Like, I don't know, like, Go be a checkout person. Go fucking go into customer service. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, yeah, it's sure, you'll get more money doing forklift driving, but you're fucking sitting by yourself all day in a forklift. Bro, I'd much rather work in a fucking closed store, dress people, talk to people, have human interaction, and get paid less. Like, you can't, that, that, that sort of, um, that human interaction and, the, you know, the, the joy that you would get when, you, you know, you deck someone out some fresh drip and stuff, like that, that would be more rewarding than getting paid forty fucking bucks an hour to sit to sit in a forklift all day. Like, and there's and no offense to people that are out there that love forklift driving. All I'm saying is, if you like, if you if you don't like what you're doing, don't be bound by the money. Mm. Like, just go do what you're doing. Like, mm. go do what? Sorry, go do something that you you will enjoy more. And that's what I was saying about taking those incremental steps. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to move across and, and go into a retail store. And you start doing that and then you might go, oh, actually, maybe there's a little niche here or maybe there's a little thing here. And that's what you do. Then you go across and you do that and you keep moving forward. And you might come to an end and go, oh, okay, well, it wasn't really what I anticipated it to be. Or maybe now there's another opportunity and you, that's what you do. But the thing is, if you didn't take that first step across, you, you wouldn't have never got this opportunity now. And that's, that's what it is, man. It's always like opening those doors. And it's just like, you, you know how many times you and I have, have uh, FaceTimed and and Facebook calls each other with like snowballing ideas and like all those things, bro. And it's just like, that's all it is, bro. We can come up with a hundred ideas in one word. That's, who gives a fuck? If we didn't go through the 99, we wouldn't have got, we wouldn't have got to the hundredth one. And that's, that's, that's what it's about, man. And, and that's what I encourage people to surround yourself with people and, and groups that, that are like, it's very, it's very stupid. Uh, stereotypical to say oh, that are like-minded and all those sorts of things but very cliche but it but it is that's you know what i mean because you just you you guys build on each other as soon as you start talking about that you know like the conversations that i've had with my mates the conversations i've had with you like mm -hmm. there's as much as we yeah throw some banner or whatever there's some actually like ground and sound conversations that come out of 
come out of this that most people probably would never get out of their mates, like ever. The problem is, and I learned this at an event about seven years ago when I started diving into personal development, is there's a man by the name of David T.S. Wood, who I want to get on the podcast in a few episodes. And I'm talking, you know, million dollar a day kind of earner. So when he gives advice, it's, it's fair to say, you know, I, I listen. He said, it's a human, like, it's a law. And, and like, you are the sum of the five people that you give the most time to. And that's yep. the problem with these people who suffer drug abuse or financial issues. There's a very, very high chance. Like, if, you, if, you're, if you're a non-smoker and you hang with five smokers, you're going to start smoking at some point, whether you like it or not. And so this is what I'll talk about with you. You know, when you had your, your rough phase, it was the same with when I went bankrupt, you know, I removed the people I was talking to in real life and I spent more time consuming YouTube content than I did talking to real life people because I had to replace the five. And at that point I wasn't sure. worthy of a real five. No one who was successful was going to hang out with me when I was going through that phase. So I made my five virtual from youtube and consumed more of their content than i spoke to in people and this is the hardest thing for people to make change is they're so comfortable with their network and they're so comfortable with their relationships yep. that they're not willing to sacrifice that and by by not sacrificing that they're sacrificing you know the greater good of what they can create so did you sure. notice a change in that were you hanging with people when you oh, were in your sorry, rougher my, phase my, yeah fucking oath. my circle <laughs> my circle changed like as i said there's there's been a handful of really close friends um, and when I say here, probably like two or two or three that were friends before my rough stage, during my rough stage, but there was obviously a step back because they were nothing. They were nothing like what I was obviously partaking in, and now we're probably even closer now. Um, but yeah, that that whole scenery changed, man. That was, yeah, I my circle grew. It was quite big, and majority of it was because I had drugs. So everyone wants to be. Pardon me. Everyone wants to be your best mate, anyway. Of course, yeah. And you know, you you, you think you can trust them, and you just, yeah, it's just it's just not. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. But exactly what you just said about you, you know, show me your friends, and I'll tell you who you are. That's yeah. that that's that's spot on, bro. Because like, I don't really have any friends now that I give time to and energy to that don't add value to me or I don't add value to them. And we all still seem to be on the same sort of sound level where there's no pointless conversations. Mm. Like we obviously we still fuck around and, and dick around and that, but there's, you know, like we're always having some sort of like intellectual conversation, whether it's about business, whether it's about life, whether it's about, you know, religion, whether it's about like, like anything, man, just something with some sort of depth and meaning we're always discussing those things. You know, there's a lot of taboo topics that we chat about and talk about because one, it's the most interesting. <laughs> and like you, you break the, down those things, bro, and you get down to people's, you know, core pillars, like their belief systems and stuff. Like you, if you if you understand someone's core beliefs, you, I can tell you that 80% of their life and what they would do and, and how they would act and how they'd interact and all those sorts of things because, well, you know, those foundations that are built into us and what we, we believe, like everything stems from there. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think the biggest lesson I'm taking from, from hearing you and I, I hope people take is everything you've faced has been self-inflicted, but everything that you've fixed has been, you know, effort. And, and, and the problem with yeah. people is, no one wants to make effort. We fall into a very victim mentality. And, I, you know, obviously we yeah. were speaking earlier of it is easy to hang yourself. It is, you know, overdosing is much easier than confessing. You know, it's it's a whole different ball game when you choose to take ownership for things that aren't going right. You know, I mean, like yeah. I, I learned very early on, we're 100% responsible for things that we do have and we're 100% responsible for things we don't have. It's entirely on us. And taking ownership is, to, to me, it's, it's a, it should be like, a human skill set because yeah. it's the and only as, thing as, prevent. As, as men, bro, we should. Mm. But that's that's the thing. You, you see a lot of you've seen a lot of grown ass guys, bro, and they they, they still have no responsibility. Mm. They, they don't take any responsibility. Everything's always someone else's fault, or fuck, it's Mrs. fault, or fuck, it's my ex's fault, or some like bullshit thing. And the thing is, it's not. It doesn't affect me if you're telling me it's your missus or your whoever it is. It, the only person it's affecting is them. They're, they're never going to change. They're never going to like get out of whatever they're in if they're not taking any responsibility for themselves. Mm. And that's that's the biggest thing, bro. As soon as you can, as soon as you can stand out in front of a crowd and throw your fucking hand up and say, 
yeah, that was me. That was that was my fault. I made those decisions. Now I have to live with those consequences. And outside of just living with those consequences, now you have to rebuild yourself, you know, and go on, along, on that, along that journey. Yeah. And that's where it's important to have those sound group of friends and, and support networks so that, you know, when, because that's, that's the thing, right? You, you, you have a lot of people that say like, uh, you know, you pray for strength. What happens? You get dealt hard times because it's the only thing that can make you strong. You know, you, you know, you, you want to be smarter. You get dealt some challenging things because it makes you think. So it's, it's like that, man, that people, people want the end result and they don't want to go through this whole middle period that gets you to the end result. You can't just, learn strength you can't just learn to be you know more courageous or or like say more outgoing or like even yourself and you i remember you telling me parts of your story about you know you couldn't talk in front of people or you struggled at the start and then fuck now look at you yeah and but that's it it, like it comes down to people what people don't get in the missing link is i'm just going to talk a little louder now because it started to piss down here on the gold coast and hopefully it's not affecting the sound but you know the biggest thing people only understand if they take ownership for something that they've fucked up on that skill is what this like. That's the skill that they're lacking to take the next step. Yeah. You know, I mean, pointing fingers. It's a, it's a skill. That, that's that's probably the best thing you pointed out, bro. It, look, self responsibility is a skill. Mm. Yeah, you have to learn it. And you have to do it. And it's not. It's not. It's not just at a surface level either. Oh, oh, you yeah, know, like I fucked up, and that's it. Like, let it, you know, breeze over. It's like, okay, like, w- what can you do from here now? Yeah, spiritual level, right? Like, I mean, like I said, I had a stroke four weeks ago. We did a big episode on that. And I wholeheartedly take responsibility for the stroke being my fault for being irresponsible on certain fields. And I've achieved more than a lot of people my age have, yet I'm still having these episodes where I fucked up, I made a mistake. Now I've got to learn from it. And so it's no different. That's it. That's what I mean. That's that's the biggest thing that we could probably pass on to people is that everyone makes mistakes. No No one's perfect. And that's the thing. If you're on your road to recovery, um with whatever it is relationship drugs drinking work business whatever you're doing it's okay to make mistakes you obviously don't want to make them and that's where you would go out and you'd seek advice from people to obviously make the better decisions but if you do make mistakes you get handed something and that's where you have to go righto let's let's fix it you get you know what it is like if you if you go into um got a friend at the moment and she's got a business partner and they're sort of really like slacked off and it's like that's that's probably a mistake going into business with that with someone that you know well maybe it was more so you didn't get to see that side of them until you're in business with them right it's the same as relationships you think this person is really good or or whatever it is and it's not till there's pressure applied do you see true colors and you know, different parts of their personalities and traits until pressure is applied. You can be with someone a year or seven years, but you, you still don't know them unless there's some sort of pressure applied into your relationship, right? And that's where the most growth happens. So now that's what I'm saying. It's okay to make mistakes and, 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 and be in business with the wrong person because you can fix that. Nothing can't be fixed, bro. Mm. That's, that's the thing. It's like, well, there's solutions. It might be a little bit difficult, but it's just like there's solutions there. Like with, with, with everything, right? Like if you, if you decide to make a poor investment and it goes, to, it goes to zero and you lose your money, like it's not the fucking end of the world. Mm. Like it's, it's a big hit. You learn a big lesson, but it's just like, you know, I had this old bloke t- told me one time, man, he was very successful. I think he was, he was worth about half a billion dollars. Like, and he was just lived out near Penrith, like out my ways. And bro, he's he's he was massive on it. He was massive on chasing things, like chasing dreams and chasing um, you know, those goals and those things, because he said, like, what's the worst that could happen? Like he had a nice he had a nice Mercedes, like four hundred thousand dollar Mercedes and a Maserati and a madhouse, a couple of horses and stuff. And he's just like, like if I lose it tomorrow, I get to restart. I can always fucking get a ship bomb car, I can always rent and I can always restart. And it's going in with that fearless mindset that was like so inspirational for me, like hearing that thing like, yeah, you're right. Like if the bank loans you money, that's their fucking issue. Mm. You know, you're leveraging them. Yeah, and that's the best attitude to have, right? Like I always tell people, me going bankrupt at 21, as much as it fucked me for the whole of my 20s, 
was the greatest lesson I could have ever learned because it made me value education and money. You know, and a lot of people, I met a lot of people that are bankrupt and I read their posts, you know, I'm an, I'm an ambassador of one of the bankrupt pages on Facebook and everyone just gives up. Oh my God, my life's over. And it's like, why don't you look at it like it was meant to happen so you can understand the, le- the lesson yeah. that comes with it, right? And what, you know, I mean, yeah, it stuffs you up for a long time and fuck me and the wife for close to seven years. But I am as driven as I am now because of that experience, that embarrassment. For sure. And you, you, you can understand uh a particular level of value that others want, unless they've been there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's that, that's that's like that's like me, right? Like I got a few friends that um, call me bougie and stuff because like I get my hair done and, and get a facial, and my beard done like, every week, all right? Every like every five to six days. And the thing is, a lot of people don't understand, bro. Like when I went through like my hard time, I couldn't fucking afford a haircut. Mm. Like I had a family member buy me a buzzer. I used to fucking cut my own hair. Like I had a buzz cut because it was the only thing I could fucking afford. And then now, like I still think of it every time when I go get my hair done and my beard done and stuff. Like fuck, I enjoy it. And it's just like something that I do for myself and it's something small because it's just like I've been there or I haven't had it. You know what I mean? And there's been times there where. I haven't had a car and I've had to borrow my dad's ute for, you know, six, seven months. And it's just like, I've got a nice car now and I love it every time I hop into it. And it's just, it's, that's, that's, that's what it is, bro. You have to go through those things because if everything's handed to you on a silver platter, you, like you, you've been posting this up on your story where the people that learn it or people that experience it. And it's, I'd, I'd choose someone, listen to, I would choose to listen to someone that's had experience more than any, like, Bro, been, as I said, I went to uni for a small amount of time and all I could gain from that was there was people at unis that were like, you know, doctorates in unis and all they literally did with their life was they finished school, they went back to school or back to uni, got their degree, then went back to teach and then taught and then went back to uni to teach and then just worked their way up in the schooling thing. And they're trying to teach me how to do things in life. I'm like, I'm like I'm I'm sure they're very educated in parts of their their fields, but I'm like you're not going to add any value to my life, yeah, like at, like at all. Yeah, to me, pain pain is education. And but in saying that, pain there's two different types of people, right? Bad things can happen to you, and you can like cry victim for a long time, or bad things can mm-hmm. happen, and you can go, well, what can I take away from this? And if you have that mentality of, and, and we all have bad things going, on, and the, and I know a lot of people that are very successful have a lot of money but they've never had anything tough happen to them. And I'm, I'm worried that the first time a bit of adversity hits them, that it's going to cave everything. And I'm talking like quite yeah. successful, a lot of money, nice car, but in the whole time I've known them, never had anything bad. And I don't wish anything bad ever happens to them, but my fear is when something happens. Happens. Yeah, how they're going to deal with it. Right? Yeah, for, for sure. I, I, and I've, I've seen that with also, so t- touching on that experience thing and, and, I've I've seen a few people that are quite you would say above above average and quite successful, comfortable. Let's call it comfortable. But because they're still in their comfort zone, you I I see it and I'm like, you're always just going to be there, yeah. Because you're not going to have the balls to, you know, jump on the next investment or, or jump on this opportunity because you don't because you're comfortable. And it's just like you, you'll always have some sort of comfortable life. But see, to me, it's not, it's, it's all about that journey and it's all about that expanding that comfort zone, man. Like, I, as, as I said to you, like, I was, you know, a bit nervous to jump on here, but the first time, the first time I went to talk about any of this stuff, like, I threw myself in the fucking deep end, bro. Like, so my, my dad and a few of his mates started this Penrith men's walk and talk, which is pretty massive now. Um, and it's like for men, mental health, and they they walk, like do a seven k walk around two bridges at, uh, at Penrith here. And like I sponsored one of the one of the weeks, and I just jumped up in front of like a hundred men, right, and then just said like you know, like I'm fucking twenty seven years old, twenty eight years old, uh, I'm divorced, got a kid, fucking used to do drugs, and wanted to kill me for. <laughs> Like and bro, like I wanted to say all these things and motivate people and and I got up there and said fuck all, mm-hmm. but it's it's just like you got you got to start somewhere and you got to you got to like develop those develop those things, man. And it's um uh it's it's pretty it's pretty confronting at times. Ownership ownership is extremely confronting, and this is the thing that people will take out of this episode the most. And it's 
I use an example. I can speak about this. A, a buddy of mine, uh, ever since listening to the podcast I shared where Kayla had an affair and we worked through what we yeah. worked through to get to that, uh, a friend of ours, uh, she had also had an affair on her partner. And I knew, but it's not my place to tell him. And she recently confessed to him. And the conversations I've had with both of them since that happened has been drastically, you know, it's been beautiful. And it's sort of, to me, it leads mm. all back to, making those conscious decisions you know what i mean like just having that awareness and understanding like you've just got to like take ownership yeah, see, that's, and- that's that's a hard one bro like mm. where do you where do you sit you shouldn't be dragged into that no <laughs> so i you, guess you've got, you've got some sort of thing on your conscience where it's just like the right thing is to right thing right thing to do is probably say something but it's definitely not like fuck a, it, it was hard i said to her my advice was you know you need to tell him but at the same time like I'm not going to be the one who who ends a relationship. It's not my place. And and same deal. If I had have found out from somebody else, I'd have been pissed. Versus Kayla taking yeah. the ownership and being like, "I stuffed up," right? And and again, like I, that that was the weekend I was with you. So the night I was at your fight yeah. was when her affair yeah. happened, and I was oh, like, geez. "I could have not come to your fight just as easy, but I was meant to, right? If I didn't come to your fight, you and I wouldn't have this relationship." Kayla wouldn't have done what she did, which has turned my relationship into being, you know, better. And and so it's like everything happens for this weird, absurd reason. You know, I built a friendship yeah. with you while she's doing that, which increased our relationship. And it takes time to take ownership. But the fact that she took that ownership and came forward to him gave him the chance to sort of work out well what's important and what's not. And I just think that's the part that people are missing in the world. It's much easier to try and, you know, sugarcoat things cover things up and yeah. try and sweep on the rug but she was getting anxiety she was questioning herself and I'm, i said to him i'm like sure. if you're going to stay with her you know you need to understand dot 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 but she could have let this build up to the point where she overdosed she went to hospital you know i mean it could have been a lot worse for you from losing someone you care about in that yeah. manner versus you know hey give her some yeah. credit she came it's, it's much easier to fuck up and not tell anyone ownership is something we now millennial and, and one one thing that you might notice is it, <laughs> It always comes out in the wash. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, you know, if it, if it, if it, if she didn't have the balls to come out and chat to you about it, like eventually it would have either eaten her up inside, and as you said, it could have gone something really bad, or she would have broke down to you one day, or it come out later. Like it, it always, it always will, regardless of what it is, it'll always come back and and bite bite you per se. Um, but yeah, so just for for those that, that don't know. Jackson and I actually met through Instagram, funnily <laughs> enough, um, and we had like a little investing consult together and we sort of just like kicked it off. It's supposed to be like an hour and I think we ended up chatting for like fucking three hours together. And um, anyway, I, I'm all about challenging myself and stepping out as comfort zone as I was just discussing before. And I signed up to this black tie boxing. So I've never really boxed before ever. And um, I signed up to this thing and you train for 10 weeks with a bunch of people and then they pay you up when you fucking get to go along. Everyone dresses up in a suit and you get to punch on in front of everyone. And um, Jackson actually flew down to watch my fight, which was pretty cool and a testimony to the sort of like support and, and friendship that like we have and just, you know, looping back to saying that those, those people of, of support around you, is just, that's, that's those type of qualities that people need to, you know, hold your standard to and your friends. If your friends are being shit, like pull them up on it, mm. you know. Pull pull them up on it because, um, like you you don't want to be around it. And if they are good friends, they'll pull their head in. But you can't you can't if if they're not stepping up to the, to the bar and the standard that you're setting, you can't lower your your settings just to keep that friend. And most people, as you said, sugarcoat it and be like, oh, well, we've been friends since primary school or high school. It's like, all right. Well, then they should be the first ones to be like, yeah, no, I am being a rat bag or whatever the fuck it is. And yeah. they're, they're the ones that should be the most. And if they're not, like, move on. It's, it's, I've had friends, you know, separate from me when I went through bad periods and I've separated from people. And it's, 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 the problem is to progress in anything in life, you want to move down a more successful path. Every decision you make is harder than decisions you would make elsewhere. And that's what people need to start making, you know, making comfort with. Because everyone who listens to this is going to relate to what we've spoken about so far in abuse, in, in depression, in suicide conversations, you know, having affairs on their partner. Maybe there's someone who's had the affair, you know, all these things. This is just life. We're an ever-growing species as a human being. But 
you know, the second you can take ownership and, and, you know, communicate and move forward. And there's nothing wrong with leaving someone behind, you know, you're not, no, not at all, a bro. bad not person for leaving no. someone behind. No, not, not at all, bro. And as you just said, that communication, like that, like the, the lines of communication inside a relationship or inside a friendship is so important, man. Like this is, like for you and Kayla to have those discussions and for you and uh, the other couple to have those discussions, as you said, like they're confronting, mm. but you just, you describe them to me as beautiful conversations. And I'm sure it was very fucking uncomfortable the first fucking minute of that conversation. And then whatever happened from it has happened. And you're able to step to me and say like, oh, it was a beautiful conversation. And that's, this is where people, it links in with the ownership thing and the lack of communication. And you see it in relationships time and time again. It's just always the blame game. Yeah. Always. And people will loop back and it'll be like, um, you know, you, you might bring up uh, a particular issue, um, you know, X, Y, and Z. And their first thing is to get on the defense and go, yeah, but you did this. And it's like very hard. Like, and you see it, it just like, small levels bro like you see it around like house chores and, and duties and those things and you say oh like oh you just like this out can you do this and you see someone will bite back oh you did this and it's just like that's not how it fucking works like it's not hard and it's just like that you need to have those those type of boundaries inside relationships and friendships with lines of communication and ownership like if if i'm going to be a shit friend to you your responsibility to pick me up on it if you're no. going to be a good friend and it's my responsibility to be a good friend back to you to take the responsibility of my actions and then we could have a discussion about it and go well like fuck bro like what, what can i do it's not just oh you know fuck him i'm just going to let it fly or whatever because it's not you're never going to help your friends if they're your true friends and and whether it's like in a relationship it's the same thing and how many times do you actually see it in relationships where people don't address their missuses or, or their boyfriends about it. And then something that's like a fucking one out of 10 boils up to be a fucking World War Three, And they always pops open at some bullshit little thing and, you, and then fucking just, whoa, 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 just all this, like it's this, this, and then they got a list. Yeah. I can sit there and listen to a list of stuff and you're like, this is the first time I've heard about it. I learned at an event very early on in my development uh, era was, you know, if, if you hold a grudge, it's like drinking poison, but expecting the other person to die. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, that's, that's. I mean, you hold on to that negative energy. Yeah. It's like it doesn't. They don't energy, know that you're. Yeah. You know I mean, that's, you're, that's, you're the one punishing yourself. That's it, man. And this is this is where, you know, recently in the last like few months, my having a lot of time to myself and and stuff like that, really focusing on self development and the energy thing that you just touched on bro like you talk about like surrounding yourself with the right people and stuff like our our intuition and our gut tell us so much man like that that energy that you get from those people around you is the biggest thing man and i i'm guilty like hand over my heart i'm guilty hands up with seeing red flags or seeing like those things and sugarcoating it mm. and you know, you just push it down and be like, oh, no, but there's all these good things about it, whether it's a, a girl or a friend or something, and you see these good parts, but you see these other things, and you're like, oh, no. And you give them, the, like, in quotations, the benefit of the doubt, and it comes back out, bro. And, like, I'm I'm massive on the whole energy thing and, and you know, understanding people. I, I love understanding people's, like, psyche, like, understanding how... Uh, if you give me an answer to something... I want to understand how you got to that answer. I don't care if you're right or you're wrong. I just want to know what thought patterns you had that mm. made you develop that understanding or that belief. Like I find that interesting, man. Like I could sit with a partner, I could sit with a friend and and talk about that and not really give a fuck who's right or who's wrong. Because as soon as you can understand a friend or a partner's thought patterns, man, like that's that's a whole whole nother level of understanding and, and relationship and bond that you can uh, bring into into that friendship or relationship. Yeah, it's it's I know we're, I, I think I'm gonna keep this topic flowing because I think it's it's gone and I, I reckon we're gonna have a money conversation, a crypto conversation. I reckon we'll I reckon we'll do a different podcast episode and just yeah. solely tailor to that because I don't want the energy 
to change. I think yeah, people no, are going to listen no. to this is, yeah. you know, we, we've, we've dived deep into all that. And I want to know for people that are listening to this, that are in a phase right now where they are suffering depression, because for a lot of my mm. years, I, I've, I've, I've not believed in depression. Uh, I've fallen into it myself, but I've known while I was into it, I could get out of it. Yeah. I just chose to stay yeah. there. And Tony Robbins yeah. speaks about depression being, you know, crock of shit. It's just a sad person wanting more attention, but when you're depressed, you can't help but think about okay. it. So I want to yeah. solely address so, the depressed person right now. What were your yeah. you know, few tips? So, so my thing is, like, I definitely believe in it, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's a, um, I don't think it's a sickness, and I don't think it's just it's a phase, bro. It's a, and I don't mean that in a negative connotation. I'm, I mean it like fuck, bro. Some people get some hard shit. I spoke about it in my story today. It's, it's mindset, and. You, you might get a shit run with a lot of things that are out of your control. But this is why we have networks of, of people and businesses in terms of that are there to help you. Like I got help, bro. Like I, I went I went to a therapist. First therapist I went to, I sat down, went to speak to him, and she was just like, oh, that, that's bad. That, that's sad. Like, fuck, I know that. Like, you don't need to tell me that. Like, mm. bro, I, I went two or three times and was like, this is not for me. I gave up on it for a while. My sister ended up putting me in contact with someone that was really sought after. He was, he was phenomenal. And, you know, when, when I spoke to him, it was the same thing. He, he was like, I went there. The, the best thing I got out of that was I went there because I'd already experienced this and was just like, I'm getting nothing from this. <laughs> so I went in there with like, I'm not, it's going to be, it's just going to be shit. Like, it's going to be the same fucking thing. And I went in there like that, I sat down and he's like, all right, well, tell me a story. And, you know, there's a few things that are a lot deeper that I hadn't touched on tonight, but I, I went into it and I, he just said, fuck, you could write a book. And then, he, you know, gave me these techniques and we went through these things and it was like we worked together for a while, bro. And I got, I got a lot out of it because I had never experienced anxiety in my life mm -hmm. until of like recent, bro. Like I never understood, when I was like 25, 26, I didn't understand like people like depression. I didn't understand like, anxiety i was just like what the fuck like they're not real like grow up that's that's literally how i used to think man and i've had plenty of anxiety attacks now though and i tell you what it is the worst thing in the world now, anyone that's out there that's you know had an anxiety attack knows what i'm talking about it's just like it feels like you're having a heart attack and you are like this is how i go out and that's fucking it is it is dead set the worst thing it's scary bro I had my first uh, after having the stroke. So I was very much like you. I was like, nah, you're a pussy anxiety attack. You're taking medication. Like I used to give yeah, shit yeah. to people. I was like, you're going to the fucking doctor, take a tablet. It's, it's your mindset. I had the stroke. Obviously the brain got affected and it, I, I don't know what, I don't know what anxiety, you know, anxiety attack is, but I just know there's been moments. I don't have it now anymore, but for the first probably two or three weeks after the stroke, my heart rate increased. I couldn't take a deep breath in. And then because I can't get a deep breath in, I start to panic and think I'm going to start fucking dying. There's this, there's that. Do I call an ambulance? Like you become yeah. very dramatic. And this is why I'm very thankful. Yeah. For that's, you know, a hundred percent. And that's, that's what it is. It's the dramatic, it's the overthinking that's mm. rather than the dramatic part of it, because there's actually, there's actually physical feeling. Like you get physical feelings, you get your heart, you get your, you know, your sweaty palms, you feel agitated, you feel claustrophobic. And it's just like, it feels like the walls are coming in on you. And literally, bro, every time I had an anxiety attack, nothing stressful was going on. Like, I wasn't in a stressful situation. The first one I had, bro, well, like, we're at dinner with my family for my old boy's birthday. And the steak come out, the nice steak, filet mignon come out on, like, the hot plate. I was about to dig into it. And I was like, fuck, I feel a little bit hot in here, eh? Like, claustrophobic. And then my palms started getting sweaty. And then it fucking literally felt like some person just like stood on my chest and i was like what the fuck and then it was on from there bro and that's mm. like there was nothing stressful about that situation i wasn't even drinking that night like nothing man and it's um you know that that uh I, I guess what i'm trying to say is like you know reach out and get help like whether it's professional help or whether it's you know through a network of friends or, or family or something but the thing is you've got to be fucking picky with who with who you give this to man because you know, me me opening up and talking to you about this sort of stuff, man. Like, I've already had like that post that you did, and I shared it. Like, fuck, bro, I got I got tons of inboxes with people fucking ripping on me, and oh, you think you have a hard life? Like, it's you, you 
you have to be very careful with who you do this with because you do become vulnerable. But at those vulnerable stages, bro, you can break break yourself down and really fix, you know, intricate parts of you and become such a better man or, or woman. Um, and that, and that's the thing, man. Like I've got so much responsibility. Like it's it's beyond it's beyond me being just a good man. Like I like I have to be a good man because I have to be a good dad now. Like I got my little one full time. I have to be a good dad to him. I have to be a good role model. And the thing is, like, I'm not with anyone, but it's just like if I want to be with someone that is going to be, you know, wife material and become uh, you know, that I want to obviously, you know, start a family with and all those sorts of things, I have to be at that caliber. Like I can't be anything less and expect that I want fucking, you know, you know, ten out of ten. Like it's just like, well, why? Like I'm going to make sure I'm the best version of me, you know, because that's what I'll attract. You start taking a step back and you start focusing on yourself, you'll attract those things, bro. You don't need to go out looking for them, man. They they will come to you, and I can dead set, like I can promise everyone listening to this that that will happen. And you know what? If 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 you are if you want a particular person and you're focusing on yourself and that person comes in and walks out of your life or whatever, that is what was supposed to fucking happen. They're not supposed to be there. You keep your fucking head down and you keep working. And when I say working, I mean like working on yourself. And like there's small things that they, that the people can do. Like there's a few um, uh, few techniques and a few sort of things that we got or, or I got given you know, one was given to me from a mate like years and years ago. So I still do it now, bro. I, every morning I wake up, I don't wear socks to bed. Every morning I wake up, I put my feet on the ground. I take a deep breath in. I say three things I'm thankful for. So I start my morning with gratitude every single fucking day. Yeah. Right. And there's things that you can do. There's a whole thing about uh, resetting your central nervous system and lowering anxiety with cold showers and cold water. Now, whether I splash my face they soak my face and my hair with cold water or I just jump in the shower with cold water. It's the same thing because I want to do that before I wake my son up and be in the best mood and the best fucking dad every single day. You know, and that, like, I'll interrupt you, that real quickly because I know people who are listening, if you heard that, that is called intention, right? What well, he's, he's doing that because yeah. he's choosing to improve himself and it, like it's harder to do that. It's way easy for him to wake up, jump on his phone, check Facebook, wake his son up and be like, what's up? That's easy. Choosing to have good intentions. You know know when it's fucking easy? When you had something on the the night before, whether it's work or something, and and you had a a late night and then you had a shit sleep and you're still fucking your alarm at six o'clock and you wake up, that's when it's hard. And that's when you still have to fucking do it. You have to show up. Because there's, there's... I'm sure there's been plenty of days that I could have fucking named 10 things that I was fucking ungrateful for, mm. but it doesn't. You started off and you say three positive things, three things you're grateful for, you know, and one of them's always the same every single morning. And, you know, the other two cycles change. It's the same thing. And that's, that's, that's what you want. And if you don't believe in energy, fucking be around a kid. Yeah. Be around a baby. Because, man, I can tell you what, if, if anyone can sense energy, it's babies and kids. Man, like you, you set off this calm, this calm sort of figure. Your kid reciprocates it, bro. Like yeah. I, I've been there. This thing so many times when you know, like I pick Ryder up from somewhere and they couldn't get him under control because he was like unsettled and crying. And I'm, I, I come along. I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty zen, bro. And I'm like, get it out of me. And I'm like, here we go. And then it's just like, oh, hey, champ, like come in, look, all good dadders here, sort of thing. And then it just changes. His whole mood changes, man. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's been plenty of times where he hasn't, where he's like you know, very unsettled and very, very tired. But it's just like, there's those things, bro. And you can see it. Like this, this energy stuff, like it's it's real and it's there. And that's the thing. You fucking pick it. Yeah. Like you, you can't you can't tell me any other dif- like anything different, man. You still pick it every day. Something shit comes at you. Pick it. You go, fuck it. Like what if you see, if you see a fucking piece of shit on the ground, you fucking walk around it. If someone throws shit, you move. It's the same thing, bro. Something, you know, some shit ball gets thrown at you. You move out of the way. You might have to catch it, catch it, deal with it, move on. I don't, like I just don't, I just don't find it that hard. But the, when you're at your, you know, when you're struggling mentally and when you know you're going through things, as we said, so to recap, you gotta, you gotta replace and fulfill your life 
with something more important than what you're turning to now. So anyone that's out there that's, you know, turning to alcoholism or, or drugs or uh, anything like that, man, I've seen it in the form of people fucking working. Like they just want to stay at work because they're escaping home. Like, and that's a real thing. So this, this, this is what I want to address. You have to, you have to change those things. So replace it, go get something in your life that is worth more than drugs and drinking and, and whatever you're doing or whether it's gaming or whatever to live in the now change that and uh and then you've got to choose you've got to choose like you you will start making all these good decisions as i said when i went along my journey you start making these really good decisions and guess what there's going to be some fucking really hard times that are given on you that make you want to really question it and it always comes along because whether it's whether it's god or whether it's you know something the universe or something challenging you to say let's see if you've actually really changed all the time bro and it's just like, I believe firmly was my stroke, right? Because people look at mm. my Instagram and Facebook like, man, this guy's got down pat. Boom, I get hit with a stroke because I was probably doing a few things that weren't integral to who I was and what I was trying to achieve. This was my punishment to wake the fuck up, cry about it. Oh my God, I'm paralyzed for a temporary period of time. Or damn, I needed that wake up call so I can impact yeah. people differently. Right? You okay. always can choose how you want to respond to something. And For sure. Well, I, I, I definitely I haven't had a stroke, but I've had bells palsy from the fucking stress that I went through. And if you know what that is, that's the whole left side of my face fucking dropped for like two months ago. Didn't want to leave the house because I was obviously self-conscious about it. Like mm. you go to eat, you go to drink, fucking food and water's falling out of your mouth because you would have experienced like some of the same things. Like since yeah. that, your, your muscles and you feel retarded. Like you're like, fuck, like, yeah. I can't even control it. And it's just, and then they tell you like it might come back, it might not. And yeah, you know, and I, like I believe in like that's a crock of shit. Like everything can come back. Like you, the body's phenomenal. It just your brain has to believe. Like if you talk yourself, believe you manifest. You know, I'm 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 the same as you. I do gratitude. I do heavy breathing. For those that listen to this, if you're going to start, you know what Maddie just spoke about. There's a there's a guy called Brendan Bouchard. I would highly recommend looking at him. He's got this, this breathing routine that just changes your entire blood pattern. It changes your whole mind frame. It changes your energy. It's, it's a hectic. Do it by yourself to start with. If you do it with people, they'll think you're a bit crazy because it's like you, you, you look a little weird doing it, yeah. but it changes your physiology like you would not believe. And I guess that leads me down to uh, with this new podcast change, you are you're obviously the first guest I've had since redefining the podcast. And I know I've kept you for almost an hour now, so I'll let you jump off soon. But before I let you plug yourself and, and tell everyone where they can find you, I want to finish with the greatest piece of advice you've ever been given greatest bit of advice i've ever given i froth this question because everyone's going to take something different so i want to know what well the most impact what's a piece of advice that you've ever received from anyone but it's hit you in a position where you're like fuck me dead i know i should have given you a warning that i was gonna ask what? this question so I don't think about it but i like the rules no that's so. all right the one that really sits with me bro that has for a while is what if it could be better than you ever expected hmm. And every time I hear that one, it's, I feel it in my stomach, bro. Like I legit feel it in my stomach and I get sensations through my body because it's just like life is what we make it. And even though that sounds cliche again, I mean, like we can, it's, it's, it's in it, right? You can, it, it can be better than we ever expected as long as we make it that. Mm. And we, we get to choose who we surround ourselves with. We get to choose what we do with life. We get to choose who we be with. We get to choose what we do for a job and how we interact with people and what we take and what we what we do with ourselves, man. So it's it's also a very positive way to look at things. It's like, oh, I've got to go do this. And it's just like, in that, it's like those words. It's not that I have to go do this. It's I get to go do this. Yeah. And then it can be better than you ever expected. Like, it's just... Like, bro, like you and I have spoken about goals and where we want to, you know, go and all those sorts of things. And people obviously think, you know, delusional, <laughs> delusional or some or somewhat like I have high hopes and stuff. But I, I really do, bro. And, it, you know, my, my old boy said to me from, fuck, I think the first time I remember hearing it was probably like 11 or 12. And he said to me, this is another really good quote. And he said, you know, aim for, what do you say? He said, yeah, you aim for the stars and you'll hit the clouds. Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, like that. Yeah, that one. Yeah, you say aim for the aim for the stars and you hit the clouds. Aim for the top of the telegraph pole, you hit the ground. Yeah, that's just like that's it, man. You just got aim, aim high and shoot. You know, you, you hear Elon Musk talk about it now, and he goes, "We set your ten year goals in one." 
you're not going to reach it, but you'll be fucking so much further along than you thought. And it's just like, yeah, that's that's true, man. Like, is that a self belief? Hey, can do I believe yeah. that I'm good enough to do something? It's and yeah, everyone everyone is though. Like, like everyone is. There can't be, you know, there can't be any excuse for not. Like it doesn't matter what what hand you've been dealt, because it's you see in its most purest form, right? You see someone that's been dealt a bad hand and has some sort of physical disability. And then you see like the Paralympics and you see those things. And it's like, no one's fucking stopping them. Mm. And how many times did people say, oh, you can't do this? And they're like, fucking watch me. Mm. So it's just like, if if people in those rural forms can do that, it's just like, well, fuck, why can't you do it? Because they're telling themselves that. More more people tell themselves you can't do it than they'll hear from other people. It's that self-talk is the devil. Um, Mm. I want to know, where can, uh, before I let you go, where can everyone find you? Give yourself a plug. What's your Instagram? What's your Facebook? Where can they find you? I know we're doing a, we're doing a, we'll, do a, we'll do a crypto podcast in a few episodes from now. Yeah, where you obviously do a lot of one on one mentoring for beginners in crypto. I have a lot of people that always ask about crypto questions. So, where can they find you? Where can they start paying attention to you so they can? Uh, Insta Instagram man. So, uh, Instagram. My personal one is uh, Maddie Largepipe. Um, or I've got the business page for Enhanced Supplements Saint Mary. Um, I'm sure you'll do a post up on my, up on my story. 100%. Okay. Give him a follow, give him a like, stay tuned. Obviously, we'll do a podcast in a couple of weeks on crypto specifically where people can, mm-hmm. from the beginner's point of view, right? Because Matty really helped yeah. me at the start. I don't want to talk about crypto, how you can make millions because that doesn't serve the listeners that we have here. I want to, how can the average person who's got a thousand bucks start to yeah. leverage that and turn that into some life changing yeah, money? That'd be, that'd, be a, that'd be a cool cool thing to touch on man just do like a bit of investments for, for beginners and yeah sort of everyday person okay we were play. going to do it tonight guys but this conversation just got <laughs> too real yeah. too raw too deep and i don't want the lessons from this conversation to be affected by that so stay tuned for a pure crypto conversation for beginners moving forward but maddie mate i appreciate the time tonight i appreciate the vulnerability the honesty i'm sure everyone's going to enjoy listening to it and uh man i'm looking forward to it no worries thanks for having me on big fella really appreciate it bro All right, guys, until next time, Born This Way is out.